Welcome to the Diabetics Doing Things podcast, where we explore the amazing stories of type 1 diabetics around the world. I'm your host, Rob Howe, 11-year type 1 diabetic and Diabetics Doing Things founder. Diabetics Doing Things is looking for sponsors. For more information, visit our website at diabeticsdoingthings.com forward slash sponsorships. This week's guest is Emily Swancutt, who shares with us her pizza temptations, natural holistic treatments, and dreams of a cure. All right, uh, we are live, uh, episode three of Diabetics Doing Things podcast, and we have our, our guest uh, from Portland, I guess Eugene, Oregon, Emily Swancutt. Welcome to the show. Hello. It's great to be here. So let's just jump right into it. Like, So we've known each other for like three or four years uh, through our friend uh, Alexis Girl Novak Yoga on Instagram, who is- Who the- now has like 10,000 followers big shout out to to alexis for on her 10k major she's a huge supporter of this as well so i want definitely want to uh give her the big oh, shout out great. all right so i'm emily swancutt i was diagnosed when i was 18 years old i'm 27 now so i've been a diabetic for quite a while now it feels like forever um i was diagnosed on valentine's day as a matter of fact which was very, it was a nice thing because now I can like always remember. I'm terrible at remembering dates, but that's a holiday kind of. I'm kind of the same way. Like, uh, it always sneaks up on me, but like New Year's Day, I was diagnosed. So, um, it's always easy to remember. No it's like, way. Oh, yeah. I'm not on the pump like you are and most cool kids are. I'm doing the, um, the insulin shots with the syringes and pin needles. I have looked into the pumps a couple times, but with, with, um, I mean, the, when I've been having conver- when I have conversations with my doctor, it's kind of like you know, don't fix it if it's not broken. Because I do have you know good A one Cs and I manage pretty well with the and shots. And you're actually uh, you're mostly vegan, right? Or is that something I just made up? Yes, yeah. So uh, Alexis actually was the one who she had this challenge. I think it was like three or four months ago where you, you know, just kind of make some life changes. And so one of them was vegan. And before that, I was a vegetarian. But, um, yeah, so I I still do occasionally cheat and eat cheese. Um, pizza is like the devil, and I can't help myself sometimes. But, but yeah, um, ever since I've been on the vegan diet, though, the, the amount of insulin I take is like doesn't exceed four units in a day. And then I still take the same amount of um Atlantis, which is 15 units every night. And, and that just kind of keeps you uh, level throughout the day. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you're 18 and you got diagnosed. That's a little bit older than like, I, I even am a little bit older because I was 16. So when you're 18, okay. you got diagnosed. So really like lived your whole young adult life without diabetes. And then like, tell us a little bit about like what it was like, you know, Valentine's day. I'm sure like you're getting hit up with lots of candy and chocolate. Um, <laughs> so, you know, what, yeah. what was that like senior year of high school, um, getting diagnosed? Yeah, I didn't even, I was sick for quite a while. I just didn't, I've never been one to like complain. And so I've, I had these symptoms, you know, I was peeing all the time and I was losing a lot of weight and I would go into these like sleeping comas and I have great parents like it's not like they weren't paying attention but I would just you know be like I'm sick I'm gonna stay home today it's like okay but um but yeah so for like 
I, gosh, I want to say it was like a total of like six months of these like up and downs, of like feeling fine again and then getting sick. And, um, and yes, yeah, so it was actually kind of a relief. I mean, obviously when you don't know what diabetes is and you, you hear, oh, you have diabetes, like what the fuck does that mean? Like, oh, okay, cool. Is that cancer? I, Cause I had no idea what diabetes was until I was diagnosed with it. Right. So um, did you, did you have, you didn't have anybody that you knew in your life maybe that had diabetes or friends or my family has it either. So it was kind of just a, a really random, random thing. But, um, yeah, so the needle thing was hard to adjust to. I definitely, I mean, I hate shots, and who doesn't? But you just kind of have to get used to it. I was definitely like an idiot idiot about my diabetes until I was like, I don't know, like 22. That's when I really started taking care of myself. Yeah, and, and like... So fortunately, I, I did get diagnosed later in life because, I mean, it's hard. It's a, it's a hard pill to swallow sometimes when you want to do what you want to do and you have to be responsible and I think that's a challenge for a lot of people right like you know you have all your friends especially when you're in college they like everybody wants to go party everybody wants to do this and that and like eat whatever they want and you're you're young so you can kind of like do it and like it's sort of a trap I mean myself included uh, at times like you get like you're like oh I want to mm-hmm. go party and drink and like su- sugary mixers and like alcohol and stuff it's like and you wake up the next morning and you got a high blood sugar and you feel like crap and you're dehydrated and it's just all those things that come along with it yes but but here's the thing there's a uh, Bombay sodas with lime that's that's a drink that I find to be a little more friendly on the pancreas and then also red wine is another one that I that I drink but I you know have that with food so I just take my shot for my food and not really the wine but yeah and I think like you know like you said when you're giving yourself on your treat trying to treat for um for drinks like you know you got to be careful with how much insulin you get and I mean really you just got to test right Mm -hmm. and just be diligent about that um what did you how was your like when you got diagnosed like when you were in the hospital and like they were teaching you how to do everything like um how was that experience? Did they were they encouraging? It was really Did you overwhelming? I mean, it it went from you know living a normal life to like you have you have a disease where you have to give yourself a shot like four times a a day, and so that was really hard to get used to. And especially back then, I had needles that were like this, like as long as it seems like half of my pinky, or if I'm remembering correctly, they were like super long needles, and so that was just. It was just really hard to adjust to. And you're super responsive to your super like your body accepts insulin relatively easily, huh? And I think it's part of part of it is that I do take that Volantis at 15 units. I think that that really helps keep me keep me um, and almost my act is like a insulin insulin in a way. Just because if I don't eat meals, I I will get pretty low. And and the meals that I do eat, I mean. I'm a vegan, so, like, I'm a 95% vegan, but, like, what do you eat? You eat, like, lettuce, beans. Like, I mean, there's not a lot of carbohydrates in in vegan meals. Or, there, I mean, there can be, but I tend to just, you know, eat salads and, and yumbles. Do you guys know what yumbles are yet? No, holler at us with some yumbles, some of that okay. or, some of that Oregon granola action. Okay, they've actually expanded. They, they're not in Texas yet, apparently, but one day... They're, they're, so what it is is it's a like almost organic, completely 
um, cafe kind of situation. The place is called Cafe Yum. It started in Eugene, and they're they're expanding like crazy. But they have this thing called Yum Sauce, and it's it's like vegan. It's gluten free. I mean, if you're allergic to whatever, like you can eat this sauce, and it's fucking bomb. And then so these bowls are like rice. Can I cuss in this podcast? I it, be you. This is all about you. So just let it rain. I'm so sorry. It's freaking bomb. You should just like beep every time I say a cuss word. Where was I? So yeah, this really they're, they're really great. I mean, there's beans, rice, avocado, cilantro, um, and then the yum sauce. And I, I eat those a lot. I eat yum sauce for my salad dressing. I eat like two avocados a day. Um, yeah. And yeah. then cinnamon. I have a like cinnamon on some, some hazelnut toast. I, that's supposed to help with the metabolism of sugar. So I'm really into that. I kind of, I'm like a hippie, except I'm not, I shower and stuff, but I really try to find alternative ways to deal with keeping my blood sugars normal. I, I'm not a fan of, of the whole pharmaceutical industry. And so I try to stay away from it as much as possible, but being a diabetic, as you know, you can't really avoid it, but yeah, I mean, at this point anyways, so I, I remember years ago we talked about you took cinnamon like pills. You took like uh, like a vitamin, basically. What uh, what other vitamin? What you, what vitamins yes. do you take uh, for your diabetes? So um, I actually I stopped taking the cinnamon pills um, because the source I didn't I was you know asked where where does the cinnamon come from in those pills and I was like I don't know so I I buy I go to natural grocers and they have like. A cinnamon it's like they say it's organic and healthy so it's like a powder that I use as opposed to the pills but um yeah so I cinnamon um apple cider vinegar with some warm water and some lemon that's another thing that's supposed to help with the metabolism of sugar and fats and then you know avocados are also supposed to be really good um I also I put bee pollen in my smoothies in the morning and that's supposed to help with the metabolism of sugar um I take this protein vitamin called chlorella, and it's like an algae. Nice. It's a green pill, and so I take those too. So you're all up on any sort of uh, natural herbal medicine that, you know, any advantage that you can get. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah, and I would also encourage, I mean, I cannot smoke cannabis anymore. I mean, my employer's drug tests me, and so it's it's just not something that I can do, but I would encourage people if it, if, you know, if you're, if you have diabetes and it's something that's allowed legally in your state and you know, by if your employer is not going to drug test you. I mean, I would really encourage experimenting with, you know, checking your blood sugar and then, you know, smoking some pot and seeing what happens. Cause I, I, I don't know, I haven't, you know, done enough experimenting with it and especially now, but I know there is some correlation between marijuana and and your blood sugar levels. And I think there's something like we can post along with this, um, with the blog of this podcast. Is like there was a CNN study about resting blood sugars and like the impact of marijuana on uh, resting blood sugars and or fasting blood sugars. Excuse me, uh, and they were like. 20% lower for people mm-hmm. who, you know, smoked marijuana or something before their, before their meals. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I totally believe it. I mean, I, I used to 
I would like eat a meal and then smoke or smoke pot and then eat a meal. But I mean, I wouldn't even take insulin sometimes because my blood sugars would just would go. I would go really low if I took a shot in addition to smoking pot. I mean, there's something there's something about it. Yeah, that's interesting. I think like and as like it becomes more in the forefront and like more states start to look at it, I think it's going to be. Like there's going to be some research, and I'm sure that there will be some sort of medical component um, in Texas. Like that may never happen, just because we they don't play that around here. They don't play uh, with that dope smoking um, around here, just because it's yeah. just super old school. But um, yeah, but, you know, yeah, it, you, it, you will be the last state that will smoke pot, like for sure. Yeah, absolutely. But yeah, very interesting. I think like. Something that definitely to keep an eye on in the next couple of years. Uh, it brings up like a bigger point too. I think like when I got diagnosed, they were like, yeah, like we're fully confident that in 20 years um, we're going to have like a cure and it's going to be like all good. And like, you know, we've got so much research. Um, I guess like, d- did you get that same message? I think like everyone that's been on so far, they talked about. Um, yeah, you're going to have a synthetic pancreas by the time you're in adulthood. Well, I guess what? I'm old now and I still have the same well almost the same meter that I used when I first got diagnosed so yeah I think about like um technology specifically like now I know they have like continuous glucose monitors and those are all well and good and like Mm -hmm. iPhone apps that like you know kids who are younger's parents can monitor their sugars throughout the day super beneficial but then like you look at the the development in like phone technology so like when I was diagnosed I had this like flip phone and it was like the latest and greatest thing. And now I have this super awesome iPhone and then my but my like you said, my meters are relatively the same. My pump is relatively the same, hasn't changed in eight years. Um, yeah, it's really interesting to think about. Um, you know, yeah. when, when you're talking about technology. Yeah. Especially I mean, diabetes unfortunately is becoming more and more common, especially type one. I mean, back when I got got diagnosed, I was told that like one in like was do you know the statistics it was like I felt like I was a rare rare being but you know when you when you actually really go out there and like talk to people a lot of people have type 1 diabetes and a lot of it was um a later onset too and you can't help but wonder why is this happening it's interesting like since I started doing this like so many people have reached out to me on Instagram and like uh Instagram specifically but also like via email uh and like everybody I mean, there's so many different stories. Like this one lady to, you know, told me, and I'm going to have her on the show, that she got diabetes when she was type 1 when she was 42, you know, like a um, special late onset version. Yeah. And, um, yeah, I mean, it, I think the statistics are like 40,000 people per year are, are getting type 1 diabetes. And there's like 1.2 million just in the United States like living with type 1 diabetes. And like type two is just running rampant out there. Like one in every three people is going to have it in like 10 years or something. But, um, you know, type one, that's not like, we don't know the origin. We don't know why for most people. And it's something that really affects everyone. I think it's a safe assumption to say that it has something to do with the American diet. I mean, I know they don't, they don't correlate it to anything that you did or didn't eat, but at the same time, 
what else could it be? Well, and just it, generations. It just, but it, it's interesting, too. You think about it. It's like generations of eating, like, you know, heavily processed food, like not just in America but across the world. That's been the interesting thing, too. We had a guy from Ireland on. We have a, a lady that's going to come on who's from Australia. So it's oh, like cool. sort of like independent of geolo- or geographical location. Um, but, yeah, like the diet and, and also like technology, like people used to die a lot, I think, you know, 100 years ago. Um, they would get to the point where they didn't really know what was going on. They'd get sick and they'd die before they knew what the treatment was or if, if there was no treatment yeah, available. Yeah, that's true. So, you know, now that there are, you know, 1.2 yeah. million people living with it, I think that's going to increase just because it's easier now to live with it than it used to be um, back a couple generations ago. So now, you know, we got people like us who are diabetics yeah. and, you know, we're going to be out there having kids who are, you know, predisposed genetically to you know, have, have diabetes, and so they're going to have it. And so it's just going to be, like, this entire, like, subset of the population that is predisposed to diabetes. Yeah. Dun, uh, dun, dun. So you had mentioned you hate uh, having low blood sugars. Do you have any, like, crazy low blood sugar stories? Um, you know, I've, I've only had one incident, really. It was back when I lived in Corvallis during, you know, my college days. I... I was like, I just woke up in the shower and the water was like cold. I don't, I don't really know what happened. I was pretty confused, but, but yeah, that happened. But other than that, no, I haven't, I just really avoid it. It doesn't, I haven't really had any crazy things happen. I just, it's really hard to come back from feeling okay after a low blood sugar. And so that I just really, I try to stay, stay away from it. Obviously just like high blood sugar, but yeah. What about, what about like. Um, when you get like higher blood sugars or you know, you're not right, you're not feeling right. What is, uh, what are your key like indicators? Um, I get really tired. Um, yeah, I just, I just basically, I just feel tired and I feel like shit. I feel slow. Cause I'm, I don't know if you've noticed, but I'm pretty high energy. Um, and so I can, I can tell pretty easily when I'm not feeling okay. And, and yeah, so yeah, I mean, very similar for me. I always, like, yawn or, like, my stomach will hurt or I'll feel, like, really just dragging and tired. And I feel cranky. I get cranky, too. I'm usually – I'm a pretty positive and happy person. And when I'm, my blood sugar is, like, over 220, I'm just, like, mm, nah, I'll, I'll snap and I'm, like, real Debbie Downer. I'm not, I'm not, fun, I'm not as fun to be around. Um, yeah. Yeah, it's – just silly thing. you know it's interesting to see everybody's different reactions some people have said yeah. that they like taste metal in their mouth um oh huh. that's interesting yeah it's, that was a new one for me as well huh. so yeah i definitely haven't tasted metal and i don't get like blurred vision or anything like super obvious it's more like oh yeah i'm being tired or i'm i'm being a bitch i should probably check my blood sugar and then sure enough yeah, and it's like, oh, well, that makes sense because uh, I, I know I'm not this person. Snap. But it's also a nice, like, not that I use it as an excuse ever, but it's a really great way to be like, I'm so sorry. It was my blood sugar. <laughs> Forgive me. Shifting gears just a little bit, um, like you obviously you've had diabetes your whole like adult life. Um, what, what's it, you know, in terms of like overcoming um, – you know, obstacles with it is that have you, what do you, how do you feel like it makes you different or unique or like anything that you've had to overcome in terms of like, um, managing it? You know, it, 
I, it's, you know, in my adult life, I really think of this as a blessing in disguise. I, people should eat healthy anyways. And so I, it's really, it's a motivator to eat healthy or die in a way, like literally. So I, that's, it's, it's, it's really, it is what it is. And, you know, just making the best of it. I try to exercise as much as possible. Just yoga exercise, not like real exercise, but you know, (laughs) Hey, yoga is real exercise because of my diabetes to try to yeah, I think like um, when I got diagnosed, I had this awesome team, but they were like, yeah, so like you can manage this and like be totally normal or like you could not and have a ton of problems and die. And I was like, well, I choose door number one. Um, yeah. It's not too, not too shabby. And it's like not even like big deaths. It's like a slow, miserable death where one toe at a time is removed from your body and then you die. It's like, no, thank you. Yeah, and you like lose your like... <laughs> eyesight and then your skin turns gross yeah it's just like it's just not something that i'm trying to be a part of yeah yeah and i think that's the scariest thing is it's i mean because your your blood some of your blood veins are you know smaller than the hairs on your head or it's very scary to think about you know one high or one low i mean that it's just it's you're not gonna know it until it's like really bad. Like you're not gonna, your feet aren't just gonna one day, or I mean they will, or they could potentially one day just, you know, turn purple or whatever, but you just have to really, to be mindful that every time you have high blood sugar, you're like, you know, it's like glass shards in your blood veins. You have to really take it seriously, even though you might not necessarily be dying at that moment, you're dying long-term. Right. And that's like the importance, you know, when you talk about peaks and valleys of like high and low, like it's got to keep it in the middle. Got to just let that listen to your body and like really resist, like resisting temptation of like eating stuff is hard sometimes. Like, like I get tempted by, like you said, pizza, man. Oh yeah. And just like you're, you know, everybody's out kind of eating whatever they want and or you know, going from diet to diet. And it's like, yo, I'm on this like great diet. It's called, if I don't eat right, I'm dead. (laughs) Yeah. You had mentioned earlier that uh, you didn't know a lot about diabetes when you had been diagnosed. Um, What are things people have said to you since you've been diagnosed? Maybe like uh, stereotypes or just assumptions that people make? Oh, my my favorite one, because I'm I'm not not an overweight person. And so my favorite one is, but you're not fat. And because everyone thinks that you have to be fat to be diabetic. And that's, that's my favorite one. And then, oh, but you're so healthy, or, you know, it, or does your, does your whole family have diabetes? And it's just, it's kind of just like, yeah. And, and I, and I don't, I don't, you know, hate on people for being uneducated about it. I mean, why, if, just like I had no idea what diabetes was when I didn't, when it didn't apply to me, like, why, why do I care? It doesn't affect me. But, um, but yeah, so my, yeah, the, there's a lot of, um, misconception out there which is probably going away because everyone and their mother has diabetes now so yeah it's just like it's mass forced awareness right so you know but and that's the thing too is like every everybody knows somebody with diabetes now um which is part of the reason that we're able to get in touch with so many people with with this with diabetics doing things uh just because everybody knows somebody so you can just tag them in a status on Facebook or like tag them on Instagram and they can instantly get plugged into this like community that we've got going on. 
So um, part of what we do here, obviously, is trying to create awareness and like encouragement for people who may be struggling or you know just getting diagnosed and like looking for people for encouragement. So if you could say, if you were going to say like one thing to anybody who is either just getting diagnosed or struggling, like what would you want them to know like from your experience? You know, what, what I would like to say to that would be, um, there's two ways to look at everything. Um, you, you can choose to kind of you know, take the negative approach is, oh my God, this sucks. I hate this. I'm not going to listen to what the doctor says. I'm going to continue with, with what I'm doing and be reckless and not care. And, and that is your choice. Or you can kind of look at this as, you know, um, a way to improve yourself. And, you know, it's, it's no one wants to have diabetes, but if you do happen to get this disease, just run with it, you know, be, if anyone ever has any questions, they can, you know, email me or if you want to, like, put my email on there or something, that's totally fine. Um, but, you know, just eat healthy, take care of yourself. You can have fun, too. It's not like it's not like diabetes or a bunch of boring-ass fat people because we're not. We're cool. We do things. We have jobs. We pay taxes, you know. Um, we're funny. We do improv. Some of us do. But, um yeah, just, just live your life and, and, and see it as a way to, to be healthy or die. It's going to about the die part, but seriously. When you think about like, sometimes I haven't thought about this in a while, uh, which is why I'm focusing on it now. Like, what if you got cured? Like how, just think about it. Cause I mean, it, our lives wouldn't change that much. But it just—it would be so cool to just not have to. You could just relax. That—that's really all I would do different. Mm-hmm. I would just chill. Yeah. And you know, really, that—that that would be awesome. But if, if not, it's okay. I would. One of the things that sounds so exciting, but who knows if I—I I don't know if I like use this as an excuse or not. But I would love to, you know, travel the world. Or Alexis has that retreat in Bali. And, I mean, there's just all these fun things that that you have to, with diabetes, it's like, okay, I would have to bring, like, this much insulin. Like, what if what if I went, like, on a backpacking trip? Or, like, I read that book Wild, and I was like, oh, my God, cool. Hiking all by yourself in the wilderness. But then there's, like, all those reality checks. Like, okay, so I could bring my – I have to bring my insulin if I – if I ended up, you know, running out of food, I could probably walk, like, live for like a day, or, or I don't know. So there's like a lot of, of things that you need your your insulin shit for, and food, and I don't know. So if I would definitely like, but again, you can travel with diabetes. So I'm probably just being a baby, like, oh, well, I can't go see the world because of my diabetes. But uh, who knows? You know, I love to travel. Um, and I know you do and you travel and guess what you're diabetic well and but I I have to clue you in because the first time I went um out of the country for an extended period with diabetes Mm -hmm. it was when I was playing with the globetrotter or playing against the globetrotters with the generals and like we were going on this like three and a half week trip to like the middle east and like all over like northern africa and so Uh, And they didn't even know I was a diabetic. Like, I had to lie because, like, they – I didn't want them to, like, not – 
Well, like, I didn't lie, but I had to say, like, I didn't tell them anything was wrong. So I was, it was right. just like a white lie. Because, you know. That's not what you said. That's what you didn't say. Exactly. It's it what I didn't say. So I was living a lie, living a double life. But <laughs> um, I just believed that there was, like, a case out there that I could, like, take all my supplies in and, like, roll up and put in my backpack And so even if I needed a carry-on bag or if I was like, you know, all I had to grab in a fire was like my backpack, that I could have it and all my stuff would be in it. And I found one at Target for like four bucks. And and I take it everywhere whenever I go out of town, even for like short trips. Yeah, because it's just like this little like binder thing that has like these little clear zip pockets. And like I just carry my vials of insulin and my like pump sites. And I think I carried, like, when I went to Afghanistan, I carried, like, five weeks worth of supplies. I only used, like, half of them. But it was cool. I was like, okay, well, I could pack up, because I think about the zombie apocalypse all the time, in turn, like, what I would do. Oh, yeah, right? Yeah. I have to have a pharmacy. I got to have a strategy to knock over some pharmacies. What that's for sure. Do? I'm I'm robbing Walgreens. I'm hitting, I'm, I'm hitting all the hey, Walgreens you know in this what? statewide now, area. Since we have this, this type 1 diabetic podcast, if there's a zombie apocalypse, we are all going to come together as a diabetic community, and we can all use the insulin together. We can all survive as long as we stick together. Yes. Well, just like you, know, like you said, raid a pharmacy or two, or all of them. Yeah, we'll just just go pharmacy to pharmacy, just form a band of, of diabetic yes. bandits. I like it. It's great. DB. Thanks for listening to Diabetics Doing Things. Subscribe to our newsletter for weekly emails and behind-the-scenes content. And if you or someone you know has an amazing story to share, send an email to rob at diabeticsdoingthings.com. Diabetics Doing Things is also available on iTunes. Subscribe to us in the podcast app to have weekly episodes automatically downloaded to your phone.